Are you ready to take full control of your physical, emotional, and spiritual health? Are you ready to experience great success in your life? Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD will teach you the tools and strategies to help you take control of your health and inspire you to live your best life. Now here is your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, MD. All right, welcome back. If you're just joining us, welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD. I am your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson. And as promised, my guest here is David Tabatsky. David is an author, and uh, David teaches writing workshops at cancer centers throughout the United States. He is the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul, the cancer book, 101 Stories of Courage, Support, and Love, as well as the book we'll be discussing today, which is Right for Life, Communicating Your Way Through Cancer. David, welcome to the show. Thanks, Diane. All right, so I, I find this book really interesting, you know, as we look at different tools to help our patients deal mm-hmm. with a disease like cancer. And so I, I wonder if you could uh, share with us actually what motivated you uh, into writing this book. Well, I began teaching writing workshops um, about five years ago after the cancer book came out. Um, I was contacted by a pharmaceutical company who asked me to put together a workshop that could be brought into, into centers for patients, caregivers, um, and it turned out as well as um, their doctors and nurses and administrators are attending um, these workshops. Um, and so as a result, what happened was sometimes you know, patients could not come or uh, their schedule wasn't, you know, uh, allowable or people wanted more. They wanted more follow-up after what, what can we do on How do we do this on our own after, afterwards? And so uh, Hester Hill Schnipper, who is an oncology social worker up at um, Beth Deaconess up in uh, Harvard in Boston, she encouraged me to write a book uh, that would be kind of a companion to the workshops, which is what it's become. So that's what the Right for Life book is about, is to take um, what's in the workshops and distill it down into manageable kind of bite-sized uh, pieces that people can, can use, um, not necessarily in the order that the book is written, although, I mean, I, I hope it has a certain logic to it, um, but it's, it's manageable. Um, it's, it's one of the best things about the book, I believe, in a way, is that it's short because People can have, uh, you know, compromised attention spans when they're going through treatments or uh, they're, very, they're just very busy and they've got a lot of things going on. So the idea of the book is to, is to give them a helping hand and an outlet and, and a workbook, in a sense, um, for them to manage their way through these challenges. And, and I do have a copy of the book, and definitely it is it is a short book, but it's jam-packed with a lot of information. And, you know, I wonder for a cancer patient who's listening in, because perhaps this is not a direction they ever thought of, you know, going to a writing workshop as they're working their way through cancer. So what do you, what is the goal of this workshop? Well, the live workshops are kind of a, combination of giving people an expanded toolbox, opening up a toolkit for them 
for self-expression and for communication skills. And those communication skills um, are so needed between a person and their caregiver, whether it be their spouse or a brother or sister or friend or neighbor, um, this primary person that's going to be helping them get, you know, go through this journey, that, those communica- that communication between the two of them is, is vital. Um, how do, you, how do you talk to your family about what you're going through? How do you share the news? How do you, uh, how do you communicate the ups and downs with, with colleagues at work, with neighbors? And on the pragmatic side, just how do you prepare yourself for communicating with your doctor when you have a short time to, to go into an appointment? Are you just going to go in and ask questions off the top of your head? Well, the smarter thing would be just to, to write down what you want and then to rehearse them, to say the questions out loud, to practice them, to, to edit, to, to figure out what do I really want to ask, what, am I really, what do I really need to know, um, and how do I express myself so that these questions are, are, are really customized for me. And the writing process um, enables that. When someone gets diagnosed with cancer, Obviously, the, you know, the rug is pulled out from underneath them and life is radically changed in an instant. And so at that time, what happens is our emotional life, our psychological life, our physical life, they're all put at risk. And in order to manage in the best way possible, we really need to be in touch with who we are and what we're feeling through those moments. And the writing in the way that I've done it in this book gives a person a chance one step at a time to manage it through recording those feelings and to write them down and to deal with the issues at hand. Um, and so that's, that's really the point of the book. Do you want to learn how to live a healthy, happy, and inspired life? Then listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. Thursdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Atlanta's Incredible Radio, 1570 a.m. WIGO. So uh, if someone is able to use your book or to uh, basically empower, learn how to empower themselves as they're going through this process, do you feel that they have to do this workshop? Because I think that a lot of people who are listening in who may, may have never heard of a, a workshop like the ones that you've been involved with uh, may wonder, do, can I get the book and that's enough or um, do I really well, need to do a workshop? Well, you know, it's, it, need is a funny word because, you know, everybody, you know, what one person needs, another person doesn't or things like that. But I think everyone can benefit from using the book, especially because then they can manage it on their own time and in their own doses. Some people, especially like I've, I've had patients who are, you know, right in the middle of chemo and they come from, they, they're, they're, they're tired or they're having difficulties, they're struggling with some difficulties. A two-hour workshop may be difficult for them to sit through. Certainly doctors or nurses, their schedules don't permit during the day. Um, and so sometimes, I mean, they're, they're, the, the workshops are always been full and well-attended, but I know that there's probably quite a few people who, who cannot come on a given day when I'm in the hospital on Tuesday at 2 o'clock. That might not be the right time for them. And I can't be there every day, of course. So um, the book is an opportunity for them to not just get a taste of it, but 
to take something and make it their own. It's an interactive workbook, so there's places for people to, to write their answers and to, and to write their thoughts and their ideas right there in the book. The idea is for, it's a small book, the idea is to, you know, put it in your pocketbook, put it in a, in a jacket, in the pocket of your jacket, carry it with you, and take it out when you need it. It's, it. There's a lot of stuff in there that offers guidance, but then there's also information and there's some anecdotal stories from other people. Uh, as you said, it is pretty, for a small 120-page book, it's, it's pretty jam-packed, uh, full of things, but it's dosed out, I hope. Um, it's dosed out in really, really manageable uh, pieces that's not overwhelming at all, but it's inviting in a way um, because that's the challenge, I think, when people are sick and they're struggling is how are things dosed out? Because, you know, you can only handle a certain amount at any given time. And so that, that's my, my effort in this book is to try and make that be consistent with what the realistic expectations are for anyone. All right. So, and again, a, a cancer patient who is going through is going to pick up this book. And again, the book is called Right for Life, Communicating Your Way Through Cancer. Uh, this person if you were to say in one sentence what they will walk away from uh, as they pick up this book and, and try to go through it as they're navigating their way through cancer, what, what is the main thing they'll come away with from this book? Well, I think that they can get a better sense of who they are, what they're feeling, what they're needing, and how they want to get there and then be able to communicate that through the tools offered in the book to communicate that with the people who are close to them in their life. And I think so many patients do need that, especially at such a confusing time when you've been given uh, such a devastating diagnosis. What we actually will do is take a short break. And when we come back, David is going to talk uh, more specifically about some of the things, the sections in the book that I find actually very interesting. So we'll take a short break. We'll come right back and we will then look at specifics um, in covering a few of the chapters in this book. We'll be right back. Listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD for tools and strategies to live a healthy, happy, and successful life. For details, go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. Do you want to learn how to live a healthy, happy, and inspired life? Then listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. Thursdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Atlanta's Incredible Radio, 1570 AM WIGO. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, welcome to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. I'm your host, Dr. Diane A. Thompson, and my guest today is David Tabatsky, and he is the author of the book, Right for Life, Communicating Your Way, through cancer. And just before the break, David shared with us the goal of this book and even the goal of some of the work, uh, the writing workshops that are available for patients that are uh, dealing with a cancer diagnosis. Now, David, the book starts off with a section, I am. And mm -hmm. I wonder what, what is the significance of this? Well, the book is actually divided into three sections, me, you, and us. And so in me, the whole thing is when, when someone is diagnosed with cancer, in that moment, it is all about them. 
and that's when um, you can look at it in a, in, a, in a positive way, in a very necessary way. It's time to be selfish. It's time to pay, pay attention to me. Put me first. I need to deal with, with this, and I need to get my support system together. Um, and so in that moment is vital for us to figure out who, who am I in this moment? What, what, how am I going to deal with this? How, does it, how is this affecting me? And to try to tangibly put some of those thoughts down on paper makes them manageable because the key thing is overload. When a diagnosis comes, it's overwhelming for anyone in any situation, no matter what the cancer may be, no matter the age, the gender, um, the size of someone's family, it doesn't, what, where their jobs are, where they live, it's going to be overwhelming. It's just kind of guaranteed. And so at that moment, how do you manage that overwhelm? And one of the first things I think that can help people gain some control back when you feel like all control has been taken away from you is to get it tangible to put it down if you wake up every morning this is kind of a superficial example you wake up every morning and you know in your mind oh my god I have so much to do today I have all these errands I got to call this person I got to write to that person I have to get this I have to do that well if you can't possibly remember all of them in your head when you write them down and you make a to-do list you can gain some control over the challenges of the day well it's the same thing if you take it to a larger scale and you're challenged and your, your whole life is put at stake, you have a whole set of new challenges. Well, if you have to identify who you are, how am I going to face these challenges? What do I bring to the table? What do I already have? What do I have in reserve? And what do I need to work on? And so putting them down and writing them down gives you a chance of controlling them, gives you a chance for really constructive manageability. And, you know... Uh being someone who have, have helped to care for patients who are going through some of these diagnoses, um, we often see that where someone, say a woman who is accustomed to being a caregiver or a man, a breadwinner, and for the first time they need to not think about the family or think about the people they're caring for, but for themselves because they're going through this diagnosis. And sometimes it can be the hardest thing for them. So you're right, at, you know, at a time like that, really thinking about yourself and your needs, that, that should be paramount. But for some people, they struggle with that. So perhaps this is a great way to help. Um, another thing that you encourage, and I, I agree with, is uh, you talk about um, that patients really should write about the things that make them laugh. And I wonder what has been your experience in terms of the healing powers of laughter. Oh, my God, they're big. And, you know, it's kind of like a balance. There's no doubt, and, it's, and, and it doesn't help any of us to, to pretend that there isn't fear in the game. It's right there. It's, it's the elephant in the room. And so how do we balance that? Well, laughter, if you take fear and you balance it with laughter, you've got a chance to get through the next hour, the next day, the next week, the next month. And, and, and besides, it, it, it feels good and it's fun, and, there, and you have to find um, that, that, that balance. Um, and so it's also been proven um, that it's physiologically healthy. The act of laughter f through your body, literally in your, 
in the cells of your body has is proven to be a healthy thing. Let me just back up for a minute also that there's science-based research. The, the, the research shows that even uh, it was an article that was done in the oncologist based on a study at the Lombardi Cancer Center back in 2008 that even 20 minutes a day of expressive writing was, was proven to be helpful for um, cancer patients through, for their, for their um, mental outlook, for their psychological well-being, and even physically it helped them. So, for example, if you've got a lot of, if you're feeling stress and you're trying to go to sleep, and you take that stress in your mind with you, you're not, it's going to be hard to fall asleep and you may not sleep well. But if you take, for example, you take 20 minutes and you write, or even 10 minutes, even 5 minutes, that you write some of the anxiety down, you write down some of the thoughts, and you put them on a, in, in a notebook or a pad next to your bed, your mind is going to be more at ease and more calm to then go to, go to sleep because you've taken the extra, the excess, the, all the flack in your head and in your heart and putting it down on paper so that you can, um, you can relax. And so it's, th- th- there's a physical manifestation to, to, to all of this. And I think, you know, like what you said about laughter, um, just the physical act of laughter, um, of laughing, um, is, is a positive thing for the body. I think so. And even at that moment where you are, laughing and you're so not thinking about all the other negative things that are going on at that moment so uh, i think it's it's great and your body is dancing your yeah. body in its own way is dancing and so exactly. and, and 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 has dancing ever ever been shown to be bad for anyone I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. Yeah, yeah. so that's, that's a, another tool that people could definitely use. Now, uh, another thing that you talk about, and this is something that I'm a big proponent of. I think it's helpful in so many ways, and this is the whole idea of incorporating gratitude. So how do people affected by cancer, how do you propose they incorporate gratitude in their lives? Well, you know, I, I think that, from all the patients, hundreds, thousands of them that I've, that I've um, been lucky to meet and know, I, I, every single one of them um, talk about it has stopped me dead in my tracks. Uh, I stopped in my tracks and I, I need to re-examine, made me re-examine what, what I'm going through. And through that re-examining, through that revisiting um, and reprioritizing as well, there, that's the opening. That's the invitation to gratitude. So if, if I'm forced by my, my, my health circumstances to reexamine my, my life, my day-to-day life and, my, and the bigger life, um, then the window opens for me to then acknowledge it and to, to express my gratitude, whether it's internal to the life that I have or it's also tangible to extend out to the people that we often take for granted unwittingly. Um, we, we, we take so much for gr- granted. I mean, look, even on a very superficial level, we, we have our favorite TV shows, and then we think, oh, tonight, whatever show is going to be on at 8 o'clock, and you sit down on the television to watch it at 8 o'clock, but some other, something came up and there's some rescheduling done, and, and it can be very upsetting. It's like, wait a minute, but that's my show. It's supposed to be on 8 o'clock. I take it for granted that it's there every night at 8 o'clock, but sometimes things get 
changed. And, and uh, so when life gets changed through a diagnosis of cancer, it does put one in a position to re-examine the things that they take for granted. Um, and often it's the people that are so close to us in our, in our inner circles and in our outer circles also. And so what I talk about is to consider how you can better communicate to those people and, and not take for granted um, what you had up until that point. Do you want to learn how to live a healthy, happy, and inspired life? Then listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. Thursdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on Atlanta's Incredible Radio, 1570 a.m. WIGO. Listen to Health Talk with Dr. Diane M.D. for tools and strategies to live a healthy, happy, and successful life. For details, go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Dr. Diane A. Thompson. And that's great. And, and I know for some people it is difficult to think in that moment that you're diagnosed with something like cancer, that, you know, there, there are things for which to be grateful. Like people sometimes feel like those are, you know, there's no way I could be thinking about that. But sometimes I think forcing yourself to just write things down for which you're grateful is such a positive thing because I've found personally when I'm busy being grateful, even in moments that um, there is pain, when I'm busy being grateful, it's as if my brain doesn't allow me to focus on my lack and what I'm missing and what's going wrong at that moment. Yeah, so, Diane, it's great the way you phrase it, when I'm busy being grateful. I mean, that's fantastic. It's just what a great thing to be busy with. Exactly. Right? I'm yeah. busy vacuuming. I'm busy. I'm busy doing errands. Oh, excuse me. I don't have time now. I'm busy being grateful. I wow. like it. That's <laughs> like fantastic. It. I'm going to steal that one. Um, it, it worked. It really worked. <laughs> no, but the idea of being busy to be actively engaged in it—that's the idea of. That's the thing that that I'm trying to to extend to people. Get actively engaged in it. Not just like, oh, well, yeah, I'm thankful for this or I'm thankful for that. That's all fine and good, but take it a little deeper. And that's where busy is really in being really engaged in the act of, of, of gratitude. Um, it's also a balance because there's so much to be angry about and confused about and frustrated about. Well, we have to find a balance or it's just too overwhelming. So gratitude is also serves as a as a balancing tool. Absolutely. And I'm talking just with as David. Laughter, just as laughter does for fear, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I'm talking with David Tabatsky, and the book is Right for Life, Communicating Your Way Through Cancer. We're looking at different ways in which people who are diagnosed with this disease who sometimes find it so devastating, and we're trying to show you ways using this book as a tool to help you get through uh, this new diagnosis. Um, David, one of the things you mentioned in your book is this to-do list. And I, I just wondered if you could just comment on it. Why does a cancer patient, why should they have a, a to-do list? What's the significance of this? Well, on two levels, but let's go from the, on, the, on the scale uh, or on the, on the arc of what's pragmatic and practical to, to, the, to the, uh, the, all the other, and the other swing of the rainbow to, to, to things spiritual and, and uh, more emotional. So on the pragmatic side, 
There's just a whole lot of new things to have to take care of. There's appointments and medicines and treatments and, and, and communicating with, with doctors and radiologists and all those things. How do you manage that? When you have appointments with your doctor, how do you figure out, you know, what you're going to do? So to write these things down and to make, um, to get organized, that really first helps you. Being, being organized is really going to help a lot because what happens with the diagnosis of cancer, whether it's for the patient and the caregiver also, is things feel like they're out of control. Like my life that was in control up until yesterday now has suddenly been thrown out of control and I've got all this new information to manage. I have all these new, these new immediate challenges. Well, I need to gain some control back. And so if I can get organized... In, my, in this new life, that's going to help me get to a, a, a place of control. That invites more manageability. That leads us to have better health. Um, if things are out of control, you won't sleep as well. You won't eat as well. And those are two vital things, for example, that need to be uh, taken care of very well in support of the other treatments that you're doing. Um, on the bigger sense, or maybe on a, in a deeper level, um, who do we want to reach out to? For, so, for example, in these to-do lists, we say, well, I need to pick up the dry cleaning, I need to buy some milk, and, gosh, I really need to call my sister, who I haven't talked to in ages. And now, when I'm dealing with, you know, a diagnosis of cancer, I really want to reach out to her and talk to her. Um, and so sometimes... We can think of these things in our mind, but they only go so far because they're stuck between our ears. But when we write them down on a piece of paper and we see them, well, we just increase the chance that we actually may do them because we see them in our own handwriting up there on the wall, on the refrigerator, on the desk, wherever it may be. We have that much better of a chance that we're going to actually do those things. All right, and so it's pretty they, simple. I mean, it's pretty simple because we all we all we all talk a good game, <laughs> but then we have to like do do what we talk about. So then there's sometimes there's a gap there. So I'm trying to help people, you know, bridge that gap. Sounds good. Sounds good, David. Now um, I love to leave my listeners with a tip of the week, something tangible that. Uh, they can walk away with or they can mm -hmm. use immediately. So, you know, your book is about communicating your way through cancer. And I wonder for a patient who's listening in on this conversation and they're thinking, okay, this is a great idea. Uh, the idea of writing, using writing as a therapeutic way of dealing with this new diagnosis. What do you say to them as a great starting point? This is where you start. What, what do you suggest to them? Well, first of all, writing is a physical thing whether you're writing by, with a pen or a pencil or you're, or you're typing on some sort of uh, digital instrument or if you're having any sort of symptoms where um, neuropathic symptoms or something where, where writing, holding a pencil or typing are, are problematic physically, then you can also talk into your phone or into a micro cassette recorder or something like that. So whatever, you're do whatever that uh, step is that you're doing, find a good place to do it, whether it's curled up on your couch, whether it's the only place that you can find where you have peace and quiet from your family is to lock the door of the bathroom, um, whether it's to sit in the park or to get on a moving train, which is quite lovely, um, find a good 
physical space to write in, record your thoughts and your feelings and the places where you want to communicate with. So I think that that's a real key thing is, is, to, is to find the right place to do it. All right. Sounds good to me. So, David, uh, where can our listeners contact you? Um, well, actually, they can go onto my website. Um, just, it's just my last name, Tabatsky.com, or they can also go on writeforlife.info. Those are two different websites, and they can reach me um, th- through those websites, and that also has information on um, where they can um, get the book. The book is, is available um, online. And um, any questions that they have, they can also write to me. I do actually respond to people. Um, so I, I welcome that. That's fine. Oh, that's great. And again, the book is called Right for Life, Communicating Your Way Through Cancer. And the author is David Tabatsky. David, thank you so much for being on the show and for sharing this information. Oh, thank you, Diane. And thank you for writing this book. I think for people out there who are dealing with cancer, which really can be a confusing time, it can represent a devastating diagnosis for some, this, you know, this is offering them another tool to help them get through it. So I, I thank you for writing this book. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me. All right, and for the listeners, I leave you with this. I generally leave you with a quote, and this one says, Gratitude, it's counting your blessings and seeing the beauty in this world before, during, and following life storms. And, uh, of course, I always remind you that your health is your wealth. Uh, Please do something healthy for yourself, and perhaps this may mean getting this book and sitting through it and, and learning ways to communicate your way through cancer. So once again, thank you for joining me and take care, David. Thanks again for joining me. Thank you. You have been listening to Health Talk with Dr. Diane MD on 1570 AM WIGO. Please tune in every Thursday at 6 PM Eastern Standard Time for the best and in inspirational health information. If you have missed any part of this broadcast, would like to find out more about Dr. Diane A. Thompson, or would like to receive her ebook on stress, please go to drdianethompson.com. That's drdianethompson.com. And like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash drdianeathompson. Remember, your health is your wealth, so do something healthy for yourself. Have a great evening.